0: everybody, and welcome in to this episode of the Command Point Podcast, the 69th episode of the Command Point Podcast. It's not actually, but I'm just going to say that every time until it is, and then I'll let you guys know. My name's Ryan. Today, I'm here with my co-host, Shane. Shane, how's it going? It's Roll... going. What, what episode is it? I actually don't know. Gotta be like... <laughs> It's it's upper thirties. It's gotta know. be a thirty something. It might 37? be like it might even be forty. It might even be forty. I, I think it's thirty seven thirty-eight or thirty seven, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Anyways. Jane, what are we 48. talking about? What are we talking well, about today? Uh quite a few things. I mean, it's uh first of all, Saturday, October thirtieth, the night before Halloween. I'm excited for Halloween. Not that I'm doing anything for it, but yeah, me too. But you know what I'm a bigger fan of recently? What's I'm that? a bigger fan of Orktober in general. Yeah, we're almost at the end of it. I mean we haven't even talked really about orcs, but uh as far as Kill Team goes, I mean it has been a pretty good month for orcs, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're doing they're doing good. Yeah, <laughs> they're rolling right now. Let's get started with uh with Orc Talk then, because I mean we we're kinda saving it all till the end of the month. We're just gonna Put it all out there right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically all of our all of our orc thoughts in this new edition. Uh, how, how do you want to How do you want to start? Um, I think that we should probably start off with uh, just talking about probably the Warhammer World Kill Team Tournament that happened. because holy crap, Orc Commandos are popping off right now. Yeah, what was it, like, top five or top four? Was I, all. Be, I believe it was the top four were all or Commando players. That's something. I mean, first of all, um, I I understand that they, like, definitely this was the plan from the start, but it's a total shame that that tournament was only three rounds. Yeah, I saw that. There, there was almost 40 players there. Yeah, um, that so that did not make much <laughs> sense to me as to why it was only three. Yeah, so you had, like, four or five players undefeated at the end, but, you know, it's only one's going to be first place. Yeah. So um, that's kind of a bummer. I mean, I think they should have seen that coming. I don't know how far ahead they set the rounds and, like, the time for, but um, the first two Warhammer World kill team events have had about 30, like, mid to high 30s. Mm-hmm, yeah. Definitely not, like, three-round RTT style. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean... They did really well. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have gone. I, I wish know, it wasn't really. on the other side of the world. Yeah, the <laughs> other opposite side of the Atlantic for us. But they they dominated the whole tournament. I don't know how many custodies were there. I for... I perused the list, just gave it a quick glance. I didn't see any. Really? Yeah, which was, like, super weird to me. It's like, I know they got nerfed, but, like, come on. They didn't get nerfed that hard. Warmer World, so, of course, three rounds. So, first, second, third, and fourth were all commandos. Um, Fifth was, like, Harlequins or something, right? Fifth was Forge World, and I'm looking. Okay, there's a Talons here at 17th who got a win, a tie, and a loss. I think that's the only Talons I'm seeing on here. So, one Talon out of uh, 36 players, and the top four were all commandos. Those were the only undefeated players were the people playing commandos interesting <laughs> um although I, technically the guy in fifth place was undefeated but he didn't win all his games he tied in the second round and then won the other two mm. so he never lost commandos are definitely worth talking about because i did a patreon post recently uh this is a public episode our most recent episode was on on patreon so if you're listening to this and you enjoy the podcast shout out to our uh, patreon pod it's every other episode but I did a post on Patreon, just a written post, talking about the some of the stronger factions right now, other than Talon's. And one of the ones I brought up was Commandos. And um, honestly, and and then I did the tier list, which everybody saw. We'll talk about that later. But I had them at the top of B tier. So, I mean, I thought that they were really good. But over the last week or so, I think I've been underrating them. A yeah. little Yeah yeah I would say so um a few people have figured out a couple of neat tricks with this faction and uh it's some it's pretty crazy stuff and obviously tournament winning for starters there's the one thing that people pretty much called out before the game was even out when they were just showing like the Warhammer community articles um and the grot being able to fly across the map and then get that interloper secondary yeah tech i mean it's just every time I watched it it's just the the gra- teleports to your board yeah. edge and just scores two victory points like right there max secondary um yeah it's a beautiful thing um yeah crazy I, crazy powerful lots um, of counterplay lots of uh <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah dude it's <laughs> so much counterplay against that for sure um <laughs> What I actually uh, like doing with him, and we'll talk about more about how I've been playing the Commandos, but I like just teleporting him around the board and just picking up primary objectives for me. Yeah, because and then like if I if I do wind up taking that as one of the tack ops, just shoving him off the board, but like keeping him on and making him like work, getting the most out of him before just throwing him away. I mean, what's nice is he he is so small that you can, like, hide him behind smaller, like, barricades and stuff like that. Yeah, and even then, uh, he has that rule where uh, he's always treated as having conceal, including, like, you know, regarding things like vantage points. So Uh kind of what the gene sealers uh, have. So, like, even then, like, he doesn't have to be totally obscured. But he's, like, super small to begin with. That, I mean, with the interloper stuff, because that is so free, and I wonder if it's, if that's something they should take a look at just be I mean, like it is so like, there's nothing you can do about it Yeah. as the, uh, as the opposing player. Yeah. It's like a 99 percenter, I would say. Like, yeah. um, so yeah, that, that whole interaction, I hope Games Workshop would take a look at because that's way too powerful in my opinion. And as strong as it is, I don't even think it's their strongest thing. What like, do you think is their strongest thing? Is well, it I know you're squig, yeah. No, it's <laughs> not the box. Um, it's and I know you're on, on tune with this, but the uh, the dynamite stuff, yeah. So, the dynamite it's a four-equipment point piece that you can take, I think. And uh, um, yeah, it's it's like a it's one of those super grenades that has um, unst- unstable is that the name of the yeah the of it, it's pretty crazy i'll just read off the stats for it right now so uh it's a ranged weapon obviously four attacks ballistic skill three damage five and six uh range six inches blast two inches ap1 indirect unwieldy limited um, yeah unwieldy so, that's what it is yeah. so you look at that and you think, oh yeah, well, unwieldy, how often are you ever gonna get to use this? Because it's it costs two APL to even mm-hmm. fire it. With like, first of all, the knob can give a guy an APL. The comms boy yep. can give a guy an APL. So that's two models potentially right there that can have three APL. Do commandos can they take the boss pole too? Uh no. I don't I don't they see can. the boss okay. pole on the list. I think that's just that's for just green skins. Yeah. Alright, yeah. So but still, um, that's a lot of ways to get to three APL, but where it gets mm-hmm. really stupid is with the, uh, the DACA boy. His DACA dash, he gets a free shoot and a free dash action in any order. So with Unwieldy, the wording on it is just, it adds one to the APL cost for a shoot attack with that weapon. That's so right. with the DACA dash, it goes from zero plus one. So the DACA dash, if you're using dynamite, just costs one. Well, I guess it costs two because the deck of dash is one, but it's, if you give that guy three APL and he's got dynamite, like he can move and then dash and then throw this grenade, which is like, like you said, it's AP one. It's like damage five, six. It's got blast too. Yeah. And it's got like a, that's basically a 15 inch threat range and it's indirect. So you can't like cover. doesn't really matter. Yep. Yeah exactly you can't hide from it that's one of the stupidest things about the faction i think that's probably the dumbest thing about the faction and i was i found out about this before i i heard about the guy that won Warhammer world because he made a video and it turns out he was doing that and it doesn't surprise me at all um of course it's from listening to his video he sounds like a really good player but that dynamite stuff i i feel like dakadash probably should only work with the shooter yeah i i would think so too yeah anything within 15 inches of the Boy is in danger of just getting one-shotted like yeah and with blast so you can one-shot multiple things yeah and i mean how do you play against that like imagine if you're like a, a melee team like your charge range is basically nine inches you have an eight inch charge so you can charge things nine inches away you can sit and conceal and like hide and cover, but this guy, he has indirect, so he doesn't care. Yeah. Like once you're within charge range, you're, you've already been in dynamite range for like ever. Uh, I just don't even know. And at that part, I wonder if, it, cause like rules is written. That's totally legal. Um, yeah, not sure if that was the, the intention or what they had in mind, but people have found this stuff. And, uh, it's a ridiculously strong faction. Yeah, I love it. I love the dynamite. I love the interaction. I hope it doesn't uh, last that long at least with the um with the DACA boy specifically, the Daka dash. It's got to apply just to his Daka shooter and no sort yeah. of like equipment or anything cuz that's uh that's pretty ridiculous. So, um yeah, that's kind of like the big the big tactic that you're seeing right now. That and the uh Commando Grot Really, those are kind of this two uh standouts. Um and they deploys. The they have amazing ploys. Like their shooting ploys yeah. are so good. Let's in, talk uh, about the ploys. Before we even get to like the shooting and the fighting ploys, um, I'm just gonna skip straight ahead into tactical ploys, specifically the sneaky get. This ploy is amazing, um, if you have the right sort of like terrain set up. So, uh, this is sneaky Git for 1CP. Uh, use this tactical ploy in the setup operative step of the mission sequence. Select one friendly commando operative, and that operative, uh, aside from the bomb, from the, uh, bomb squig, of course, uh, that operative can be set up with a conceal order anywhere on the battlefield that is within a triangle of heavy terrain and more than 6 inches from enemy operatives in the enemy drop zone. So what I've been doing with this is I've just been taking the, uh, the breach of boy and mm-hmm. setting him up behind like a piece of terrain in the middle of the board. that I know he'll be able to punch right through with his, uh, with his breach ability. And it, it just yeah. pr- being able to have a mid board threat before the game even starts is awesome. Um, and I know what some people have been doing with the breach Boy because one of the downsides to that model is that it only has three attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some people give it a chopper. So that way you actually do get four attacks. And the damage is almost the same. It's four five instead of five five. And uh it's you get an extra attack. So Yeah. What I've also been seeing people do with that model is giving him the uh the sledgehammer ooh. for the four attacks, hitting on threes, damage four four, which is like a step down from the damage five five where you get an extra attack out of it and then mm-hmm. uh you're still getting and you uh you're getting stun uh which is super cool cause, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like a it's like a trade off you get one more attack you're still getting the stun because they upgraded the uh the breacher ram to have stun as an ability yeah. um and then yeah you're just so you're getting an extra attack one less bit of damage but you're still getting that stun keyword so it's something else i i i do really like the, uh, the tactic that you're talking about, but the one that I was expecting you to say was uh, actually just a scratch. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that one's is... amazing <laughs> as well. Yeah, probably one of the best tactical plays in the game, I would say. Oh, um, yeah, I would say so. It's just hard to deal with because it's one thing to, like, say, reduce a crit to a normal or whatever, but to just pick and choose one die. Like, it doesn't have to be a normal attack. It could be a crit and to just throw it away. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, Shane. This tactic is giving me, like, old death-denied vibes yeah, from the old bit. edition, right? So I'm going to read this off to uh, to the people. So, just to Scratch is one CP. Use this tactical point in the resolve successful hit step of a shooting attack or combat when damage would be inflicted on a friendly commando operative, excluding the commando grot operative, from an attack dice. Ignore the damage yeah. inflicted from that attack dice. Full stop. It's like, yeah, it's, it's so it's, good. I mean... You get to pick and choose if a model lives or dies. That's so powerful. And, what, like, what's annoying about it is you can kind of expect it just about every turn. Like, it's so... It's that good. And... Orcs already have 10 wounds minimum, other than, like, the grots and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's first of all, 10 wounds is really good. Yeah. Um, And there's not a lot of things that are able to two shot them, but the fact that when they do get in danger, they can just pop that. Like, I don't even know what you're supposed to do. You just need volume, I guess. Yeah. There's like no counterplay. Um, Well, there's no way to interact with that in that moment. What you have to do kind of is if you know, you want to kill a model you're going to have to assume that you're going to have to double up with either some heavy shooting attacks or like melee models. And yeah, at least that's the only rough. thing I can think of. And I think the only other faction, other than Greenskins, that has this tactic is Sisters. They have Divine Intervention. Yeah, I think you're right. And that's sisters basically definitely. the same thing, right? Yeah, I think it is the same thing. Um, curious about Sisters just based on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, orcs are already pretty tough, mm-hmm. so uh, not sure how much they need it. <laughs> but they're, they're going to use it every single turn because of how good it is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, do we want to talk about their strategic ploys now? Yeah, sure. I mean, I my favorite is Daka Daca. I yeah. just love that the way that that one like pushes through extra hits. Yeah, and it's actually insane when you look at the uh, the ability that the Daka Boy and the Rocket Boy have. Mm-hmm. Um, The Rocket Boy, if he doesn't move, he gets to reroll all of his hit rolls when he makes a shooting attack. And then uh, the Daka Boy, he just gets to, re- once again, reroll all of his shooting attacks uh, if he wants to, just with his, uh, I think it's Unload Shells ability. But um, mm-hmm. this tactic, Daka Daka Daka, it's 1 CP, until the end of the turning point, each time a friendly commando operative makes a shooting attack in the roll attack dice step of that shooting attack, if you retain any critical hits, you can select one from your failed hits to be retained as a successful normal hit. So this is just upping those already efficient, high-quality shooting models efficiencies and and pushing them even further. And it's just yep. so good. Turns like one and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's fantastic. Um, And I mean, they're melee ploys, too. They aren't bad. Um, Stuff like WOG and... uh, I don't know what the other one is for Commandos. I know what the one is for Greenskins. I don't know if it's the same, though. But WOG is definitely... I believe WOG is if you get at least two normal hits, you can turn one of them into a crit, right? Yep, that's right. And that's the strategic ploy. And then um, the the combat uh, stratagem... Or a tactical ploy, I should say. It's called Crumpum for one CP. Uh, use this tact ploy at the end of the firefight phase. Select one friendly commando operative, and oh. it can perform a free fight action. Yes, you literally I have fight twice. That one. that one is disgusting. It's really, <laughs> it's, so it's really, good. really gross. I'm actually mad at myself because I've never had a chance to use this in a game. Oh, I, I forgot you know, I, about it's that just, completely. Yeah, this is so good. It's oh, I get to fight again. What? Yeah. Oh. Lord. Imagine the shock and horror on a custodes stuck in combat with a uh, with a power claw knob. And then, uh, of course, shh. Uh, shh. Sh- I didn't say anything. <laughs> the uh, that one one CP. That's a strategic, right? Yep. It's basically you just get a free dash with every model that's in conceal yeah and more than six inches like i I don't even oh speaking really, of, really good, yeah speaking of conceal, something we should have mentioned before we even like started talking about this team, um is that the commando's special ability is called throat slitters, uh, and uh what it is is uh they can perform a charge action while they are concealed, which you don't need me to tell you how good that is, yeah, I mean, the whole faction is just like it's just you know what it's like. It's like every model on the team has its own free tactical play. (laughs) That's exactly what it's like. It's just like after a while, it's like, oh, this guy has this rule and this guy does this too. And it's like on top of the fact that they're already good models with strong weapons and like 10 wounds and amazing ploys. Like they all have to have their own special rule. Literally Uh, the only two uh, data cards in, excuse me, in this faction, um, that do not have a special rule is your regular commando boys, which I mean they're they're fine, and the uh, the commando burner boy, uh, which should speak, vo- which should speak volumes. <laughs> I wish he had some kind of special ability because then he might be good, but right yeah, now he's I... just he's just not. Yeah, I really don't like the burner. Yeah, um, so. Yeah. Um I mean like playing against this team, man, that, like with all their special rules and everything, it's like it's like playing against the equivalent of like Green Skin like Expendables. Like you know the movie The Expendables? Yeah. Like all yep. the freaking action heroes and everything. Like that that's what this team is like. It's like the A team. Yeah. Yeah, they're very very good. Uh and I did want to talk a little bit about and this is I I need to make, I I have an apology that I need to make. Oh boy, a public apology? A public apology. What did you do? As our listeners know, we, uh, the upload. Don't say we, don't say we, this was all you. Yeah, (laughs) the tier list came out and uh, it's doing really well. I'm glad about all the support. But uh, in the very beginning of the video, I very dismissively said that I wasn't going to bother ranking greenskins and if i did they'd probably be low d top of f maybe and uh since then i there i got a lot of feedback on that brief comment and so i looked into greenskins i even played a couple games with them and i've definitely uh i i need to make some apologies to the to the greenskin community oh jeez so they are actually quite good the problem is that they are uh, nowhere near as good as commandos. Pale in comparison, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, they're like I think if I had to re-rank them, I think they would be somewhere near the top of B tier. Oh, okay. Um, below and commandos they, and stuff. So but, where, would, where would commandos be? They're at least A, right? Yeah, I've got I've rearranged it since, but in the video they're B, but uh, I they're like A, mid A right now. Gotcha. Um, and that might even be too low considering all this nonsense. But, <laughs> um, Greenskins are around where I had commandos. I would say so. There's a couple things about them that make them really special. For starters, uh, Greenskins have the potential to field a kill team with. The most potential wounds in the game, um, like across the team. Oh, so if you yeah, these do are all two ten wounds, yeah, if you do two boyfire teams with a knob leader, that's 11 models. Um, and that's 113 wounds right there, which is by far the most, yeah, I believe, in the game. I mean, demons come kind of close, but they're still not quite there. You've got. All these 10 moon guys, I mean, it's just like with commandos. They just don't have their own crazy roles on each model. But there are things that make them different from commandos. They're, they have some things that commandos don't have. Uh, the biggest to me is that if you run the two boy fire teams, you can have uh, a rocket launcher on each of those fire teams, and you can give the knob a combi rocket to go with his melee weapon. Ooh, okay. So you can have up to three rockets on a kill team, which is not something you can do with commandos. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you give the uh, the rockets the targeting thing to make it four-up ballistic skill, then it's actually pretty good because yeah. that, that DACA DACA ploy that commandos have, Greenskins also have it. So you're actually getting pretty reliable strong like semi-accurate uh ap one shooting. Uh on top of that, I mean they don't have dynamite. Um they they do have uh boss pull which they can give the commando or not the commando but any of the knobs. Yeah. Which makes the knob have APL3, which is pretty nice. You can run your boys with shooters, which with DACA DACA, if you're giving them say like I wouldn't put a targeting thing on it. I don't think that's worth three points, but like with the drum mags for two points, yeah, you can give your shoot as uh, Ceaseless, which is pretty good, especially... Mm-hmm. Well, it's only pretty good if you're shooting it with Ceaseless and with Daka, Daka, Daka. Yeah. And if you're up against something with, say, like a bad armor save. All this is, is pretty... Makes for a pretty strong team. Like you have the most wounds possible in the game. You've got the potential to run a lot of pretty good shooting options with AP. And on top of it, they actually do get just a scratch. So that amazing ploy where you just ignore a die, you can actually uh, use that with greenskins as well. Um, And as far as their shooting goes, they have more DECA, which I don't think commandos have. So if you completely whiff with your shooting one CP, you just try again. Yep. Um, And this is all like pretty strong honestly and they have the specialist kill team as well which you can run either burnas or ludas. i would not run burnas um and as far as ludas go i am not really sure what to think about them quite yet um they do a lot of damage uh, i think it's like damage four six with yeah. five shots yep yeah so i mean if you're using those you kind of have to use it with a targeting thing yep and then just like play against something that doesn't have good armor saves and just, like, put a bunch of damage through. I can see that being pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, the two boy fire teams with with all the rockets and stuff, that's a pretty good kill team. And uh, I I vastly underestimated them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. They sound good. Uh, in a straight-up fight, who wins? The commando kill team or the uh the green skin kill, uh, kill team? I think... I mean, I think that the Commandos are probably better. But, I mean, even the Commandos don't have as many wounds. Because, I mean, their best team is probably going to have the grot, And they've got one less body. So you're probably not even breaking 100 wounds. Yeah. Um. The Rockets are nice for the Greenskins. But it's like the Commandos have, like, the Sniper Boy and all this stuff. And you don't really need AP against Orcs. So I think commandos are are the better team in a one-on-one and commandos definitely have a better you know overall matchup spread i would say but yeah for sure i mean 10 wounds is such a good body it is so good can you explain can you elaborate a little bit as to why 10 wounds is so good because like most people would look at orcs and it's like well orcs die because they have only five up saves for most of their models yeah i mean it's really so like you look at a nine wound model A lot of things like a solid, good melee model is going to have damage four or five. So damage four or five, basically, if you're up against a nine wound model, you need to get a crit, at least one crit if you want to kill them in two hits. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not a lot of things that can kill an orc in two hits. I mean, you're basically those four or five models are hoping they get two crits, which at that point, they're actually just kind of like hoping like the math doesn't really support them winning that. Um, so unless you're running like, like a Power Fist, that's going to do well against Orcs, but any team with a Power Fist is only going to have one. So the only things that are really consistently decent against Orcs are like Power Weapons, Power Fists, and for the most part, teams that have those aren't going to have more than one, and if they do, it's like a really elite team that has different problems. So, and I mean, even if you can kill them in two hits which isn't gonna happen a lot they can just use just a scratch and then suddenly the whole tide is in their favor yep So uh 10 green is really... tide yeah set that one up for you yep roll tide okay um so that's your that's your orc apology video <laughs> I yeah, i had to <laughs> i couldn't just leave that leave that out there um but yeah, speaking of the tier list, uh, obviously anybody that watched the tier list knows that the I was just me talking in that video, and Ryan, I haven't actually gotten the chance to talk to you about the tier list. I know you've watched it, obviously. Yeah. So like, what what are some of your thoughts? What What do you got for me? Because oh, well, I mean, like, but before even like we saw like the Warhammer World results, like I knew you had underrated the Commandos. Okay. For sure. Like the way I was running commandos, like the first couple games, I was just running them with just like five chappas on models that like didn't have a good melee weapon, and like I was winning games like handedly. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, if this is... like I'm not even going deep with the equipment and the ploys and everything, and I'm just like winning games, like this team is amazing. But yeah, that was that was the one thing that stood out that uh that stood out to me, um. People were, I, I think I might be with the people on this one, Shane, when I say Grey Knights might have been like low C at the very least. Okay. All the Grey Knight stuff. I just want to talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, All the Grey Knight, the reactions to the Grey Knight placement has actually, it's fueled me and I want to double down. Ooh. And and, and Grey Grey Knights, I think Grey Knights suck. I think they stink, and uh, I think they walk around with you know diapers and and big full diapers. That's really well. It. They they do walk around in baby carriers sometimes. So I mean, they are probably <laughs> not far off. Uh, no, I don't know. I just the, the Grey Knights are like I just don't see anything. They're they're like Grey Knights Last Edition. I mean, very they play different. Obviously, it's a very different game, but it's just like Last Edition where. I think that they are easy to play. Like, I think you can play them for the first time and like stomp somebody because they're very easy. They're simple. They're digestible. They're easy to build, like in terms uh-huh. of like list building, because what are your choices? Yeah. Storm Bolter, power weapon. Uh, maybe you'll run the falchions instead of the power weapon. I don't know. But that I mean, that's it, right? Yeah. So you get those things. You take the gunners you throw them in the garbage because the gunners suck and you say i've got five guys with 11 wounds apiece well the leader has 12 and i'm gonna do the same thing every turn of every game i'm gonna spend one cp on bolter discipline and i'm gonna shoot my storm bolters and that's it because You can't really get in too much of a fight with with melee because you've only got five guys with barely any wounds. So any team that has a lot of melee bodies, you better hope you're getting a lot of shots off on them. And I think once you start going up against better players, people are going to learn, okay, don't let Grey Knights shoot me. And they're going to start using heavy cover more, I think, uh, optimally in the matchup. And I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't see... like. You're either trading shots with something that probably has AP or you're trying to shoot something off the board that is a melee team. And if they get to you, it starts to get really dicey. That's how I see it. Because they have these really strong melee weapons, but every time you fight a melee in this game, you're taking damage back. Like even if melee is going well for you and you're two-shotting everything, um you're probably getting hit back for four or five a lot of the time yeah. unless you're fighting like a like a non-melee team at all like you're fighting against guard or tower or something mm-hmm. and then they'll they'll hit you for like two or three and that that's a good situation for gray knights but it doesn't happen that often yeah i i just i don't know and like their their ploys are like let me like here's some of the stuff that people are talking about so um obviously bolter discipline this is this is a one trick pony This is what the team is. They're Bolter Discipline with Storm Bolters, and they're going to do it every single turn, every (laughs) single game. It's going to be the same exact thing every time because this team is really boring, and that's it. Um, I love how combative we've become with our (laughs) audience. This is great. Uh, Tide of Shadows. So Tide of Shadows, this is kind of like domino field that Harlequin's got. Um, But here's the situation that you're using Tide of Shadows. It's situations where you don't want to shoot, right? Because you're in Conceal. And I think right off the bat, if you're in a position with Grey Knights where you're like abandoning a firefight from, from the get-go and like hedging everything on melee, they're, like I said, like Tau, Guard, outside of that, that's, that is not a good situation for you to be in. Because, okay, well, you're going to get in like a big fight with like Cults, with like Accolade hybrids. There's eight of them minimum and each one of them can one shot your gray knight and i just don't get it and as far as other elite teams i already went over this in the video but they have no armor piercing across the faction and i know you can just storm bolters go burr i get it (laughs) but you you try try playing against it like i mean i don't even think like the six tech marine i don't think that's a good matchup for gray knights because they've got a missile launcher. they've got plasma and i mean you can pop tie to shadows and walk up the board and go for melee but i don't know i mean now we're talking about can they beat this f tier team yeah and i i just i don't <laughs> see it i just i really don't see it like the in my opinion the psychic powers are really underwhelming um Armored Resilience doesn't actually do much for you. If Armored Resilience was like an invuln, then that would be pretty interesting. But it improves their save by one. So they're already good with their save. Like they have a three-up save. You make it a two-up, that's good, but it's not solving any problems that the faction has, right? Um, Hammer Hand, that's pretty niche. Um, Now you're one-shotting Guardsmen. Hooray. Congratulations. Right? Because <laughs> green are struggling against guardsmen and melee. Yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> Astrolame is good. And you know what? You're probably going to do it 90% of the time because you're going to go ahead, you're going to hit bolter discipline, you're going to aim your storm bolters, you're going to hope that your opponent didn't bring any armor piercing, which they probably did. Yep. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm going to die in this hill. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Don't test them. So the other thing Shane with the tier list was I was getting flashbacks to the last tier list we made, where you I'm I'm pretty sure you ranked Death Guard in D in that one as well, and that resulted in people walking up to you at ACO without introducing themselves at all and saying you're full of for where you put Death Guard on the tier list. Yeah, yeah I mean. I don't think Death Guard. Yeah, that was the other one that people were talking about. It was it was it was Grey Knights and Death Guard. Um, Death Guard. I don't really get like I don't. I mean, they're top of D. Uh, I don't know what people want from Death Guard. Like uh, they're not that good. Yeah, it's because, like the Pox Walkers, like you said in the in the tier list video, like yeah, five up invulnerable save or not five up invulnerable save. Uh, five up uh, feel no pain is good. But uh, the the models, they just suck. They just suck. Yeah. And then the three Marines that you're pairing them with is just not going to be enough to win you most games. I, I don't think I would want to play Thousand Suns against... Or not Thousand Suns, Death Guard against any of the teams in C or B. <laughs> like, obviously not A and S. But, like, I did say in that video that I think they're the third... Maybe I didn't say this. That I think they're a pretty good elite team. Like, if you run five Plague Marines... Um, and they actually do have armor piercing. The problem with the team is their basic Plague Marines, um, are really bad in melee. So you have to kind of choose between whether you want uh, good shooting or good melee. And you can't really, you can kind of have both where you'll have like one gunner with a plasma and then you'll have the fighter and the champ. And then you've got, you know, the icon and then you've got this useless guy, um, and all they really do is just survive because they do survive for a really long time. Um, I mean, I can see maybe putting them in like the back of C, but it, I mean, is there really that much of a difference? <laughs> they're still ahead yeah. of the same factions and yeah. behind yeah. the same factions. I just don't. I don't know. Maybe they're at the back of C. Maybe that's a better representation. But Poxwalkers are pretty bad. Like the other Chaos teams are very similar, I think. Um with Thousand Suns, Zangors are way better than Poxwalkers. Um with heretics, first of all, they get six marines for no reason. And then I think cultists are better than Poxwalkers too. So I don't know. Um I wouldn't want to play Death Guard into like a like guard like regular Imperial Guard or, or Vet Guard. Um that doesn't sound like a good matchup to me. Yeah. Same for same for Forge World and stuff. And definitely not Necrons, but um, yeah, I mean, I think they're all right. And I think there's probably still stuff to figure out with the faction, but I think most of it starts and ends with Plague Marines. Yeah. So is there anything else in the tier list that you want to talk about? Uh, What were people saying? Because I feel like there was a lot of stuff that People people were saying. People were saying a lot of things. In the tier list, like, I, I still have not yet gone through all of the comments yet in the YouTube video. Most of them, it looks like, to me, at first glance, were, like, in agreement. Yeah. with I think, I mean, for the most part, you kind of hit it spot on. I will say, because this is the first episode where I've said this at the beginning, but, like, and it shouldn't be said. Um, it shouldn't need to be said, but, like, th- this is just all my opinion. <laughs> it's not law like nobody's this is not and it means nothing really um because somebody will probably take one of these factions in in c or d probably not f but one of these factions in in you know top 4 a tournament you can do that with any of these guys even like even the f tier teams and i went on a whole tangent about that about how i feel like the f tier in this edition is a lot friendlier and, and forgiving than the F tier and last edition where it was just dumpster bottom of the barrel trash with like crude and Star Striders. Um, I think that Space Marines and uh, Asriani in this edition are the worst teams, but not by much. And uh, they, they don't scream like awful to me. What do you think about like, was there anything other than I, some people said that I had, um, demons too. I, I was hoping that people wouldn't uh, freak out too much about comrades being up there. And oh, but they did, like but they did Shane. Did people? Cause I didn't see anything. I, I felt like comrades was, was well received. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember if the comments were on the Reddit post or on the, um, or on the U- YouTube video itself. But um, it was basically like somebody asked like, what the heck, comrade team is he talking about? Because I, I don't know if he just like didn't hear you correctly or anything, but like you were talking about a team that mixes uh, a uh cabalite fire team for the good shooting with a witch or excuse me a a, a fire team yeah and a witch kill uh, fire team in the same kill team. That way you get the best shooting that the faction has to offer paired with the best melee. That the faction has to offer, and the guy in the, the commenting was like, "Are you just talking about ten witches?" And it's like, "No, no, it's not ten witches. It's not ten comrades. It's the two of them mixed." Yeah, the crazy part about that team is it's like everything is a threat, because yeah, there's you've got no the, there's no filler in that team. Yeah, like you've got the the splinter cannon and the blaster, and then you've got the Hecatrix and you've got two witch fighters so that's five out of your 10 models right off right at the gate are threats and then those three witches or those two witches and like some of the cabalites that don't have stuff you give some of them plasma grenades now they're threats outside of like what they're normally capable of and like you give the splinter cannon relentless and uh it's just everything it has a target on its back and after a while it's like what do i even deal with <laughs> there's yeah. just so much yeah that it's literally threat overload is yeah. the issue with it and they all move fast or they have the ability to move fast um yeah and then just abusing agile gladiators and um uh, power from pain that's what those that's what the uh, tactical player yeah. the play is called right yeah yep. just abusing those two like literally just don't even think just one of those two every turn or both um Yeah, potent, potent team. They just haven't had a big showing yet. Yeah, they will. Someone will do it. Yeah. And I remember seeing them when they first came out and thinking like, oh, this looks like the most boring possible because it's just witches and cavalry. It's coming from, you know, Rax and Mandrakes and Incubi and Grotesques. And now it's like, oh, this is all they have? Lame. But they are very strong. Mm Mm-hmm uh yeah i don't know um that's just yeah that's just how i see the meta right now and for what it's worth uh, i think the other team i had up there was harlequins and um on uh the weekend of Warhammer world there was a tournament over here on the east coast where first and second place were harlequins um so that's definitely a thing Uh, i think harlequins are really strong that team is just something, man. I <laughs> It sure is. Just it's Like every one jet. of those models is just a freaking fighter jet. I did want to have a little side tangent, uh un- let's move on from materialist. I think everything that we need to say is yeah. set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um What are your thoughts on on elite teams so far in oh, in this game? Buddy. All right. Um Yeah, I think elite teams got the short end of the stick right now. Other than custodies of course of yeah. course that that goes without saying the rest here mm-hmm. um yeah um it's it's weird, um because some of the teams it's like you get you have like five or six bodies and you either are feasting or famine with the weapon selection, like in my head, I'm just thinking like Astartes and traitor Astartes right now, right mm-hmm. That's what most everyone plays, Because it's like if you take any of the primaris fire teams or uh like or I guess I should just shouldn't say kill team, if you take any of the primaris kill teams, you are severely limiting yourself with what you can do um mm-hmm. when it comes to not your equipment but like your lethality, you know, um, mm-hmm. like I think out of that group, that subset. Like the infiltrators, I think, could have some play. Um, and then assault intercessors, I think, are the best of the worst at a at a face value. Um and then Heretic Astartes. Heretic Astartes are good, but it they're just they just can't compete with factions like Commandos, where each one of those models has like ten to thirteen wounds. They have all these sorts of movement shenanigans. And it's just like, it's like, what do you do? They're they're really hamstrung by the lack of models that they have and how lethal this game is, I think. Like, you can't afford to get unlucky with an elite team. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I agree with that. I don't think you can get unlucky, really. Um, and I think, like we said, aside from Talon's, and to some extent, I think Heretic Astartes with the six Marines is is pretty good, but mm-hmm. um, I do feel like a lot of the five model elite teams are not in a great spot right now. Stuff like Death Watch, Grey Knights, most of the Marines. It's a shame for me personally, because I recently started playing elite teams a little bit more, just to like get a feel for them. Because when I started, I was playing... Uh, you are playing Demons. Like I was just playing basically hordes yeah and you, uh yeah you were telling me that you're like enjoying playing elite teams more right like anything with like yeah. three apl yeah i i have so much i've learned i have so much more fun yeah playing like death watch or um like assault intercessors and like i don't know even though those teams are worse and i lose more with them I have a lot more fun playing them than I do something like Demons where I'm just constantly picking my models up and 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 you know just like overwhelming and and because honestly it's like the cognitive load of playing something like Demons where so something like Guard or you know um like if you're running a bunch of cultists with heretics uh yeah that's a lot of models but those are group activation too so like you're moving One, and then moving another, and then then your opponent goes. Whereas, uh, and that that actually, the pace of the game is a lot faster when you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Whereas with demons, you've got 12 models, and they're all GA1. And it's such a slog, and it just takes forever. And the team is good, but I mean, I play one game of that, and I get like exhausted mentally, and I can't imagine (sighs) doing a whole tournament of it yeah yeah um but i play death watch or something and like i'll play and i'll lose like it'll be a close game but i'll lose and i'm like oh man that was actually pretty fun i i want to play again and i want to like sharpen it yeah because it does that the one thing i'll say is even though i think they're overall like kind of underpowered elite teams in this edition like Marines, especially, like I've been playing a lot of Assault Intercessors and in like the uh, the TTS tournaments, like ringing in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like you're playing Marines. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Like it feels fluffy. Like each of my guys feel really strong and impactful. And it's like when I lose one, it's such a blow. And I don't know, maybe they should have six bodies or maybe like it shouldn't be so easy to kill them or something. I don't know, but they are so satisfying, I feel. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of people are playing their one faction and sticking to it. And I'm telling you, everybody, if you have not tried playing an elite team in this game, give it a try because it's, it's so much fun. Um, my most positive experiences so far playing the game have been, have been running, these kinds of teams. And as somebody that wants to go to tournaments and like would aspire to do well, I'm really battling with that because I want to play, like I want to pull up to a tournament with death watch or something. Yeah. I don't know how good of an idea that actually is. So I don't know. I don't know what my options. Maybe I need to look at heretics. Cause I think they're probably the best. I mean, I don't want to play and I really don't want to play Talon. So I mean, throw that out the window, but Heretics seem pretty good. They got the six guys. Um, I love the Heretics. They're my favorite elite team to play right now. Yeah. So, like, with in the CPTS, the Command Point Tournament series that we've been doing, um, we did the second uh, month today. So, in both months, I've played uh, Assault Intercessors in it, just filling in because we had an odd number. Uh, And I figured I picked the most one note, like, simple team. There's no list building um and now you've become a master of the assault intercessors (laughs) i feel like i'm getting pretty good with them so in the first month i went one and two i won in a space marine mirror match and then i lost to kari and then i lost to someone i don't even remember what else i lost to um but I was Talons. I lost in a really close game to Talons. Yeah, you in- were. Yeah, you texted me that day. You're like, I almost beat Talons with assault Intercessors. I'm like, you did what? Yeah. And then today I played another one, and I won against Death Watch. And then I played against uh, the the winner of the of the event today. It was um his Sensor lock on Discord, and he was running Heretic Astartes, which to me I see Heretic Astartes. As like while I'm running Space Marines, that looks like a death sentence to me because it's just another elite team and they have another body. So it's like I'm immediately like that's an uphill battle. Yeah, but I I tied that game and I I came out of it eight to eight and it was so close like he could have done one or two things to beat me. I could have done one or two things to beat him, and just we ended up tying. Um, and then in my third game, I went up against Warp Coven, the new faction. And it is my first time playing against them, and they're wacky uh and that was such a close game like the assault intercessors man you 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 get what you put in and i feel yeah. like i'm fighting tooth and nail just to have <laughs> close games <laughs> but it's so satisfying like i am just having yeah. such a blast you're all about um, you're all about the grind right now it sounds like yeah and and it's an easier load on my brain to play yeah. assault intercessors compared to like demons or or like greenskins even um, so, so, so it is pretty fun so let's go further down this tangent actually because I'm just like selfishly curious what what kind of equipment have you been giving the Assault Intercessors so every game I've played so far I have done three crack grenades um, but I've also like today for instance and in the last time for the most part I, I've been mostly playing against elite teams uh, I think if I was going against like a horde I would Probably go two frags, two cracks. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Because I thought about doing five frags, but then I thought, like, you're only taking the frag for blast, right? And how many big blast plays are you expecting to get in any given game? Not like very grenade. many. Literally, like yeah, one, one or two. Yeah, one or two. So I would only take two frags and then the crack grenade, like, yeah, it's single target, but against like a horde team. Like a crack grenade, that's just a dead enemy model. You're just yep. going to kill something. And that's yeah. pretty invaluable. Um, and really outside of that, it's just been... Because it's funny because everybody knows exactly what I'm taking. Because I'm coming in with one list. That's not even a roster. It's just the four assault intercessors and then the leader with the power fist and plasma pistol. Um, and really just abusing the cracks when I can because that's like my only range for the most part. I mean, I have the bolt pistols, which are pretty good because they have P1. But um just trying. What's nice is they actually have so many wounds. They have like 13 wounds apiece, which oh, is, okay. uh, yeah, it's crazy. So like in the game against Warp Coven today, I had multiple guys at one point survive a like a fight with one wound remaining. Like my opponent tried to kill them and they just barely couldn't. And in both instances, that guy with like on one side of the table, like I had a guy on an objective. And he had like 10 wounds or maybe even 13. And uh, a Zangor walks up onto his objective. And then a Sorcerer walks up onto his objective. And the Sorcerer hits him with uh, with the Warp Flame Pistol. And basically drops him down to one wound remaining. Wow. And he's barely alive. And my opponent's like, ugh. But, you know, whatever. He's got one wound, right? They can deal with that. Um, That guy, with his one wound remaining, he having survived he tossed his crack grenade at the sorcerer brought him down to like five wounds charged and killed the sorcerer and then the next turn with his one wound remaining still uh used his bolt pistol and one shot the uh the zangor on the objective so like that's a one wound remaining model that just basically killed two guys that were full wounds right next to him what uh, an absolute yeah. hero of the Imperium. Yeah. wow um and then the other thing is, like, I had a guy, like, fight and survive with, with like, six wounds. And then he got countercharged by another Zangor. And that fight between that guy with six wounds remaining and the Zangor ended up being a wash. And my guy, again, lived with one wound. And he had already been activated. But the magic of this was, like, this was my sergeant. So he's got the plasma pistol. Yeah. Next turn, my opponent finishes him off. But by the time next turn comes around... He's a readied model again, which means I can use only in death. And then I pop only in death and he falls back and he just uses his plasma pistol and he just deletes something. So it's like being able to survive just a little bit more, I think really actually makes assault intercessors really interesting. Um, And just that on top of like using crack grenades whenever you can and uh, just like picking your battles um they're they're definitely uh you have to really fight in like claw to to keep up because they are pretty like one note but um like earlier i said that gray knights are boring and i know that might sound silly because assault intercessors are like they have even less stuff it seems yeah. but gray knights you're you know what you're doing every game it's the same exact thing assault intercessors you you kind of as silly as it sounds you have to get creative because it's like you have so little to work with that it's like i don't know it's like throwing somebody into like a survival game <laughs> and it's just like like you know those games where you start and you just have no clothes no weapons and it's yeah. just like, Go live it's kind of like that um i love and it I'm, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff so i don't know something about like maybe i'm a masochist but Assault definitely dude you right. just you just compared playing assault intercessors to like playing rust on a russian server <laughs> like that sounds horrible but this is all great news i really wanted an excuse to play to uh paint up some assault intercessors as uh as some black templars oh do it so and honestly i'm stoked for that honestly too uh, i think they're like almost good i know they're, they're almost good I think they're probably the best space other than Death Watch. I think they're the best Space Marine um, fire team. And they're like almost good. Like if there was like one or two things changed, like I've heard some people say like, oh, give Marines an extra body. Like if you gave Assault Intercessors an extra body, holy crap, that would actually be a legit team, I think. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I just really like playing them. <laughs> Oh, and really yeah, that's cool. the other thing too. It's like all these people are getting mad at me about you know the, putting certain teams low. It's like, I actually love some of these low tier teams more than, the, more than the top tier teams. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that, that about wraps it up. Thank you guys once again for tuning into this episode of the Command Point Podcast. It's not episode 69. I'm sorry I misled you earlier. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, feel free to leave a rating for us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Uh, Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. And if you want to further support us, come check out what we have on offer for our Patreon supporters. So once again, thank you guys for, for tuning in. We appreciate you. And we'll see you again in the next one.